welcome to a new podcast episode. I'm so glad to have you here hanging out with me this morning. I have a little latte that Will made before he left for work and I'm just chilling, getting ready for school and I wanted to record this episode for you while I was here by myself. So yeah, um, today I want to talk about books that will pull you right into their world and make you forget that you're reading. And I have pulled some different types of books from um, a lot of different genres and hoping, you know, at least one of these books might be might fit one of your vibes and you might want to try it out. So that's what this episode is going to be today. And yeah, let's just let's just get right into it. So I know first I always do a what I'm currently reading, but I just finished the book that I was reading and currently am not reading anything in this probably next hour. I don't know what book I want to start. I'm trying to feel it out, feel where like my mood is going, but I just finished It Happened One Summer by Tessa Bailey. I got this book from like a Facebook group that I'm on and you can post your like Amazon wish list in the group and sometimes somebody will buy you a book or you can buy other people books and I've gotten a few books off of this little group and it's such a lovely community where we can just talk about what we're reading and things that are going on in our lives and so yeah that was one of the books that I got and I decided to read it while I was in between these like heavy fantasy books so I really enjoyed it I gave it five stars. I didn't want to read a Tessa Bailey book because I just felt like it was way overhyped and I just kind of didn't have any interest in it. But then this book was given to me, so I read it and I loved it. Like now I get the Tessa Bailey hype and I will be reading some of her other books very soon. I want to read the continuation of. The It Happened One Summer, uh, like, duology, I guess. The next book is about the um, sister of the main character, and it's called Hook, Line, and Sinker, I think. So, yeah, we'll give that a try. Um, But, yeah, I really enjoyed it, and I definitely think that that book inspired me to make this episode because I did totally forget I was reading at some points, and a book hasn't made me feel like that in a while, so that kind of inspired this. And so let me give you my list of recommendations. So the first book that I have for you is The Secret Life of Bees by Sumant Kidd. I've talked about this book a little bit before, Um, Basically, the premise of this book is it's set in South Carolina in the early 1960s, and it tells the story of this girl named Lily who has kind of been shadowed in the memory of her mother ever since her mother died um, when she was younger, and so now she's kind of... Um, in this abusive household with her father who's just kind of this angry guy who drinks a lot and he isn't nice and she has this kind of quote-unquote stand-in mother which is a um, Rosaline and Rosaline is a black woman who works for her and her father and once Rosaline kind of insults these very racist people in their town. Um, Rosaline kind of has to flee, and so Lily goes along with her to escape her abusive home. And then they kind of travel through the backwoods of South Carolina, 
and they reach this little town that holds some secrets to her mom's past, Lily's mom's past, and they're taken in by these three black beekeeping sisters, and they just kind of are brought into their little world and their little system, and they learn how to uh, um, keep bees and kind of learns how to be on their own. Lily kind of figures out a lot of secrets that she didn't know about her mother and all this other stuff that happens in this book. And I read this for, I read this back in high school and I had to read it. It was like required summer reading. And I got to pick like a list of Out of a list of books, I got to pick, like, two books. And so this was one of the books that I picked because my friend had a copy of it from one of her sisters that read it in the past for school. So that's the only reason I read this book. And I loved it. I thought it was just really intriguing and something that I hadn't read before, like, a subject that I've never really been interested, but I wanted to try it, and I ended up really loving this book, and I remember I was reading this one, and I was also reading Lord of the Flies at the same time. They were both for school, and I, when I needed a break from Lord of the Flies, I would come back to this one, and this one would just kind of help, like, be the calm, happy, sunny book that I needed while I was reading that intense book but this one definitely like is good for the historical fiction girlies and I really enjoyed it and I think you would too definitely helps you escape the real world and you're just on this cute little beekeeping farm with these three sisters and you're hearing all of their their jokes and their antics and I love that so that was the secret life of bees this next one is a classic and I'm sure a lot of you probably had to read this first school as well um and you know you probably didn't give it a chance in school but I recommend that you go back and give it another chance this is Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte this is just a classic like it's one of those classics that you have to read and if you don't get it you have to read it again because I don't know how you don't get this book I loved this I read this in high school in class with all of my other classmates and it's definitely a brick of a book but it's just so good it's just a classic timeless read. Charlotte Bronte is a genius and I loved that. I love the Bronte sisters. They're amazing. Um, Basically, if you don't know the premise for this book or you didn't get it, this is about Jane Eyre, the life of Jane Eyre. From her growing up, she is just like a lonely little orphan who lives with her hateful aunt and she decides to become a governess when she gets older. She grows up in a very harsh boarding school and she just kind of is broken. Her spirit is broken. She just doesn't really have a lot of life in her. So she becomes a governess and she meets her employer, Mr. Rochester, And she starts, you know, taking care of his daughter. And it's the classic (laughs) nanny. um, Nanny falls in love with their boss type of situation. This is the the OG one. Um, But yeah, she falls in love with Mr. Rochester. And then a bunch of secrets, twists, turns, confessions come at her throughout this time working for Mr. Rochester and it is crazy what happens and how he lied to her 
this whole time and kind of led her on and how Jane Eyre just felt so scorned and betrayed by him and it was such a good book like oh my goodness it is just these explosive secrets that just tear them apart and then the confession of love and it's so good I definitely recommend this to everyone if you haven't read it because it's just such a classic it it's though the way that the story goes you can see this pattern happen in a lot more books that are written today like this is the blueprint of a lot of plots and tropes that show up in other books and if you like those other books give the the blueprint a try because definitely a tried and true method and Charlotte Bronte was one of the first to do it and do it very well so I definitely recommend Jane Eyre and if you tried to read it in high school but didn't give a crap about it and just spark noted it um, definitely go back and give it a try because trust me it's worth it and I I would you know I'll die on this hill Jane Eyre is a masterpiece five-star read through and through this next one is another classic that you probably read in high school or you probably saw the movie when it came out a couple years ago, like the remake movie of it. Um, but it's Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. I did not have to read this book in high school. I decided to read it right before the film came in that has like Florence Pugh and Emma Watson in it. Um, I decided to read it one winter. This is like a cozy like late autumn early winter read it just gives off those vibes for me um but yeah okay this book is little women and it's about just four sisters living their lives um they just kind of have their own dynamics there's joe march there's um beth i'm trying to remember the other sisters names um, I don't see it on the back of the book, but it says they're in this small American town. Oh, Amy, Meg, Beth, and Joe, and they all have their different personalities. They live in this small American town, and their father goes to fight in the Civil War, and they're left kind of on their own with their mother. And so life just kind of happens for them. Joe meets Lori, this boy from across the little road, and they start a close friendship together. Joe is the tomboy of her family. She wants to be an author, and she doesn't really want to settle down and be the prim and proper wife, mother, kind of like... Um, a sidekick to a man. She kind of wants to be independent and do it on her own. But her and her feelings for Lori start to conflict these dreams that she has for herself. And so she kind of has to wrestle with what does she want out of life and what does she really truly want to get out of life and kind of goes through her life like that and then there's Meg which is the oldest March sister who really just wants to get married settle down and have a few children and wants to be fulfilled in that way and um she does and she comes across some of her own struggles trying to navigate marriage and trying to find her own womanly independence through that kind of way of the road. And then we have Beth, who is just a sweet little sister. Beth can do no wrong. She just, you know, wants to not be sick. And we love Beth. And then Amy, who wants to become an artist and she's the youngest Joe or the youngest March sister. 
she wants to be an artist and wants to be famous and she kind of has to grapple with how can she do this in this world that's mostly made to cater to men and not really to her because back then she couldn't have had her own bank account unless it was her husband's but she didn't have one she just kind of you know wanted to be this famous artist all on her own but no one would really respect that if she didn't have a man by her side so she has to figure out what she really wants out of life and maybe what she thought she wanted isn't what she truly desires and it's just kind of about them growing up and what they all really want and I feel like it's such a good read especially for women because you know you have all these these four different girls who want to make the same impact in their lives but they all go about it differently and no way is the wrong way it's just a different way and joe can be fulfilled in her successful career and um meg can be fulfilled in her marriage and being a mother and there's nothing wrong with either of those things and there's empowerment in both of those things so yeah this one and it definitely just brings you into their little life and their little sister dynamic and the way that they respond and react and take care of each other and it's just like the little small town old-timey feel of what life was like back then just very simple but extremely impactful as well so definitely recommend Little Women I recommend you read the book first and then watch the movie because the movie is a little confusing because of the time jumps and you don't really know when time is jumping. Um, But yeah, I really recommend this book if you are into the classics or if you're not, you know, just read it anyway. Okay, this next book is one of my favorites and you know I had to mention it because I've read it so many times. It is The Book Thief by Marcus Zusak. Um, you, you know this book. If you've listened to my podcast, you know about this book. One of my favorite books ever. It is so amazingly written. It's just so unique and like, just so good. Like, read this book. Just, if you're gonna read one book, make it this book. Goodness gracious. But you have Liesel, who's a little girl. She lives in Germany, and she's being given away to a foster family, and she's, I think, 10 years old in the book, starting out, and her brother died on the train to this little German town where they were being given to a foster family. Now, she's been abandoned by her mother. Her little brother just died. She's in this strange new town with... A weird foster parent situation not weird just different the mother's very harsh and the father he's he's the the comfortable guy that makes her feel better and the only thing that she brings along with her is a book that she found when they were burying her little brother on the side of the train tracks, a grave digger, his handbook fell out of his pocket and she stole it. And so she has a book in her pocket that's the grave digger's handbook guide. And she doesn't know how to read. She knows barely anything. So her foster father helps her learn how to read the book and together they make it through. And then eventually they start hiding a Jewish man in their basement, and his name is Max, and he tells Liesel how to describe the world around her with words, and how words have impact, and they have meaning, and he, she can make the world better or worse with the words that she uses. 
And so she learns how to write and she starts journaling with this book that Max makes for her. And it's just a lovely story of Liesl growing up in this little German town and the troubles that she has to go through. But the thing that makes this book so special is that the narrator of this book is death and the story is told in death's perspective. And so death is kind of this outside character looking in on the world and on Liesel and how he knows that this time is very busy for him because it's a world war and he just tries to keep his his eyes on the prize just do his job but every once in a while there's a human that he becomes intrigued with and distracted by and he becomes interested in Liesel because he meets her a few times over the course of her life and so he becomes intrigued and just kind of watches out for her and um there's a bit of a plot twist at the end it's not really a plot twist just kind of like a discovery um that I don't want to spoil if you haven't read it if you know you know but yeah the prologue to this book I used to have it memorized I literally read this book like all the time all the time I would read this book especially this little prologue in the beginning called death and chocolate and it's just kind of introducing the way that death thinks and the way that this story is written and it's so intriguing I love it and I used to read it to my friends and make my friends sit there and listen to me recite it word for word because I had it memorized I could probably still recite most of it word for word. But regardless, The Book Thief, amazing. The writing is so descriptive and unique. And it's just a masterpiece. Like, this is a classic. This will be a classic when we're gone and it's been 100 years. And people are still begging other people to read The Book Thief. And that is that one. The next one I am going to recommend is also a historical fiction book. And it is The Nightingale by Christine Hanna. This is a chunky book. It is massive. It's over 500 pages long. And that's a, it's a big book. But it's really good. It definitely pulled me in and made me want to stay there for a long time. It's a sad story, but it's very impactful, and I love this one. This book is about two sisters in France when the Germans invaded during World War II, and how France was kind of split up into two different territories and you had northern France um, controlled by the Nazis and then the lower part of France that was controlled by I can't remember his name was that Mussolini that but that sounds Italian I can't exactly remember it's not on the back of the book either dang it anyway they were like under puppet control pretty much um france was not a fun place to live during this time and everything was basically controlled by germany this book is about two sisters who are trying to navigate through this war-torn france and they do so in very different ways we have the older sister who is who sent her husband to the front lines to fight and she's at home with two kids kind of batching down the hatches and her husband never comes back and so she is afraid that he died up there she has no way of knowing if he's alive or dead or what and she has these two small children that she has to take care of and kind of manage And so she thinks that, you know, the thing that she can do 
is to just survive, is to just do what she is told and survive. And when her neighbor starts, her her neighbor's husband doesn't come back either. And her neighbor's husband also has two small children. But the difference with her neighbor is that her neighbor is Jewish and they know that the Germans don't like that. And so they try to low, kind of lie low and get her and her daughter and her son out of there um, and into a safe zone. Um, but event- tragically, they the mother and the daughter dies and that leaves the little boy without his family and so she kind of takes the boy in and takes care of him and she tells her other kids like this is our son this is my son this is your brother we tell people that we adopted him tell people that he's from like our family member upstate or something just like don't tell anybody that he's a Jewish boy because that's dangerous and so they kind of parade him around as like you know just one of their own and there's nothing to be suspicious about um but a German officer kind of commandeers their house and starts living in it and so she has to try to navigate like this random man is living in her house she has three kids to take care of one of which is a Jewish boy that is not her own and she has to pretend that everything is normal and she is just trying to survive eventually something happens the German officer he tragically passes away I know so tragic and then another German officer commandeers their house and he is a lot worse than the old German officer and he starts you know taking advantage of her in ways that he thinks he is owed and she just has to take it to survive to protect her children and she knows that there will be no mercy with this German officer as there might have been with the other one. And eventually, you know, eventually with the turn of the war, the Germans start to lose and they start to abandon the countries that they um, invaded. So eventually they start to leave France and this officer leaves to go into hiding and what do you know her husband comes home eventually he was alive and they find family members for the Jewish boy that she has been taking care of all these years and sends him to live with his other family members Um, and what she finds out right before her husband comes home is that she is pregnant but instead of telling her husband what happened to her she just decides to make it seem like that it was her husband's baby like the night he got back she got pregnant um and that's kind of the her survival story and how she just made it through the war um and then her sister who took a very different approach to surviving this war and she decided to fight back and to pass like notes along of the germ or of the french um like the french rebellion or i forget what they're actually called and so she starts doing her job like for them like that and then she finds out that there are that there were British and American soldiers whose like planes would crash over the mountains that separate like I think that that separate France and the country north of it there's like a little mountain range and so she would go find these men and walk them and you can she can 
could walk them into Spain. And then since Spain was not invaded by the Germans, they could either go back to America or go back to Britain. And then they could come back and keep fighting. So that's what she started doing. And her nickname became the Nightingale. And she decided to fight this war that way. And if you have these two polar opposites of women who are fighting this war in the way that they know that they can, and um, even though it's very different, there's nothing wrong with either one. And that was kind of like the overarching moral of the story. And it's it's just really good. I recommend this to people who like historical fiction because it's very impactful. And, you know, it just is a good book. Like, it's really big, but it's really good. And it says on the book that soon to be a major motion picture. So maybe, I don't know if that is getting pushed back because of the Hollywood strike or what, but when, if that movie ever comes out, you can watch the movie, read the book, and just enjoy it because it is really good and impactful. And I think these stories are very important to read to kind of, you know, let you touch grass, like kind of bring you back to reality and what people have gone through and what are going through and their impact on the world. So that was The Nightingale. Okay, this next book is one of my favorites. It's After I Do by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And um, this story is about Lauren and Ryan and their marriage that is crumbling beneath them. They don't want to get divorced, so they come up with a very unconventional plan. They decide to take a year off of their marriage in hopes that they will find a way to love each other again. So they spend one year apart, and the only rule is that they cannot contact each other. Aside from that, anything goes. They can date. They can do whatever they want. They just, they can't contact each other. Um, so this is in Lauren's perspective. We don't get Ryan's side of the story, which I think would have been cool, but I do, I see why we only get Lauren's perspective. So she kind of embarks on this journey of self-discovery and she's trying to find who she is outside of being married who she is outside of being a wife. She's trying to find her independent, who am I as Lauren, again. So she starts this healing process of living apart from her husband, and she's just figuring it out. But she's checking her emails, and she figures out how to like get into Ryan's email or something and she sees these unsent emails from Ryan kind of journaling about his um his time apart from Lauren but they're like they're like dear Lauren blah 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 like love Ryan but he doesn't send them to her she kind of like finds it on her own through his email And so she starts reading these letters addressed to her that aren't being sent. And she kind of figures out like, oh, Ryan is doing this. Ryan feels like this. He never told me he felt like this. And she is justifiably upset with him. Um, She starts writing like letters in the email, like, quote-unquote back to him just kind of like responding to his emails but she doesn't they don't send it to each other they're just on their own but she can see what he's written about her so she responds back to him you know she's just venting it out she's communicating in her own way but not actually they're not actually talking to each other I think I've made that clear so um she starts dating this guy who is divorced 
and she kind of has to find out like romance like there's there's a lot of these different like romantic things that she felt like she was missing out on and just kind of things that she lost herself in and um it's just I don't know I think if you are married you should read this book because it gives a big insight into how much communication can stop all of these things from happening and if you have effective communication skills and effective listening skills then a lot of these problems can kind of go away and either stop this from happening or seriously slow it down to a point that it may not happen at all or if it does you can effectively communicate through it but this idea of like we're afraid of getting divorced because I don't actually want to lose you I just need to figure out if I love you still so let's take a year off and we'll do whatever we want and in a year we'll reconvene and decide like if we want to go through a divorce with a divorce or if this experience has impacted us and we want to remain married and so she kind of learns what family is about she gets closer with her family through this and she just decides like who she is um outside of being married you know she's not just mrs blank and blank she's lauren and she has to figure out who Lauren is um you don't know you really don't know what's going to happen and what they're going to do until the last page and they say this is what we're doing because I really I had no idea at first I was like yeah no they should just get divorced and I was like no they should try and work it out but then I was like I don't know whatever they choose is the best situation I really have no idea what they're gonna choose and they were like yeah, we have no idea what to do, but then when they, the decision that they make, I think is the right one, and it's impactful that the, the decision that they come up with, and I definitely recommend After I Do by Lauren, or Taylor Jenkins Reid, um, yeah, that one was a great book, and I loved it, five stars. Okay, taking a break from the heavier books, about war and marriages falling apart. This is a book that I read recently and I really enjoy. Um, this is a YA fantasy, kind of fantastical, kind of a... I wish there was like another word for fantasy because this isn't like a magic and dragons and fairies type of fantasy. It's just you know, a kingdom with a prince and a princess type of fantasy book. But yeah, this one is like butterflies, sunshine, rainbows, happiness, good vibes, bubbles, and unicorns. And if you just need a mental break, if you just, oh my gosh, life is so much. I just need to read a book and not even be stressed at all what's going on read this one what is this book you may ask oh I'll tell you it's a thousand heartbeats by Kira Cass first of all this book is gorgeous this book is so gorgeous the cover the the dust jacket what's underneath the just the dust jacket on the actual book the inside cover, beautiful, beautiful book, very aesthetic. I'm holding it right now. If you can hear, you can hear the pages flipping and it's ASMR. Um, but okay, this book <clears throat> is about Princess Annika, who has lived in comfort for her whole life. No amount of luxuries can change the fact that her life isn't her own to control. The king, once her loving father, has grown cold, and Annika will soon be forced into a loveless marriage for political gain. Miles away, small comforts are few and far between for Lennox. 
He has devoted his life to helping his people take back the throne that was stolen from them long ago. For Lennox, the idea of love merely is a distraction. Nothing will stand in the way of his fight. But when love against all odds finds them both, they are bound by its call. They can't possibly be together, but the irresistible thrum of the of a thousand heartbeats won't let them stay apart. So you have Annika and Lennox. They are enemies that fall in love and they have to decide what to do about that. But what are they going to do? And it's kind of like a Romeo and Juliet situation and there's a little bit of a plot twist at the end and I was not I was kind of like okay something like this might happen and then something like it did happen so it was kind of predictable but not in a way that I could really like say what for what I just kind of knew the vibe was going in that direction it's dual POV that means dual point of view which means it's an Annika and Lennox perspective. I had a question about that the other day. Um, that's what dual POV means. And I really enjoyed it. This is just a happy-go-lucky, enter this world and you won't have to worry about a thing because it's a happily ever after tale and who doesn't love that? And that is A Thousand Heartbeats by Kira Cass. This next book is Guild. This is the first book in the Plated Prisoner series. This one is a little um, a little heavier than the last one. It is a fantasy book. I've talked about this book before. Um, I really enjoyed it. I literally am so excited for the last book of this series to come out because my goodness golly gracious it's been forever and it needs to come out right now yesterday um but guild yes so in this book it's very interesting it's kind of a tale on king midas and what kind of a like a dark fantasy series would be um about king midas midas he was the like i don't know was he greek the Greek someone, the Greek legend, where, you know, everything he touches turned to gold and it ultimately led to his ruin. This is King Midas reimagined, but it's told in the perspective of this girl named Orin. Orin is a saddle of King Midas and a saddle in this world is a fancy name for um concubine i guess is the best way i can describe it because you know a king has a bunch of these women that he just keeps around for that purpose but she is the prized saddle she she is gold she's made of gold her skin is gold her hair has gold flecks in it and she is in kind of like a bird cage where she's just a prize for Midas to show off in his um like with the other kings and the nobles around the country and um so yeah she has been comfortably inside this cage for most of her life and she's just vying on Midas's um, affection and his attentions and she she loves to be loved by him that is her purpose but then things start to kind of go awry and she ends up traveling with um, she travels something happens in another kingdom and so Midas, King Midas, has to go help that other kingdom. So he brings her along and 
she is taken like a week after him to avoid any sort of um like this disruption or he is afraid that she's gonna be stolen so she kind of goes in this inconspicuous little caravan well what ends up happening is she gets kidnapped by these pirates and just the rest of the story takes place and she meets the general of this like the bad kingdom the scary kingdom that no one really wants to be involved with she meets the general of that army and he takes her for himself and um a lot happens from there in this series um this book i'm not usually one for like dark romance or dark fantasy i've tried a couple of books in that genre and they're just not for me man not for me but this series i feel like it's not super dark or there's just more going on besides like the spiciness and this series is definitely very spicy but there's there's a lot more going on like the plot there's more plot than spice in my opinion and I that's what I appreciate I don't mind the spice so much but if there's no plot that I'm just like like okay then what's the point of this book you know what's the point of me like getting to know these characters if they're just here to do it with one another but with this book it's Orin has a purpose and there's secrets and there's twists and there's turns and Orin has been she kind of reminds me of Rapunzel and Tangled and how she's just kind of brainwashed by King Midas the whole time and um how she just you know has like the Stockholm Syndrome type of relationship with King Midas and how she kind of gets herself out of that and this um fantasy world really just like took me in brought me in and I was fully immersed in everything like all of these books I can like very clearly visualize in a movie type way in my mind and that is when I know a book is really good and I definitely recommend this one it is very good the last book in the series is almost out so if you read the whole series i think there's five out right now and then the sixth one is coming out in december i think that's not too far off so if you start now you can finish by december and read the last book and you won't have to wait in agonizing anticipation for a year after you finish it the the last one so that is guild by raven kennedy love that book this next one i've talked about before but i'm gonna go a little bit more in depth with it because i've been very vague about it this is small favors by erin a craig and i'm going to read this little dust jacket thing it says Aleri Downing is waiting for something to happen. Life in isolated Amity Falls, surrounded by an impenetrable forest, has been predictable sameness. Her days are filled with tending to her family's beehives, chasing after her sisters, and dreaming of the bigger things while her twin Samuel is free to roam as he wishes. Early settlers fought off monstrous creatures in the woods and whispers that the creatures still exist keep the Downings and their neighbors from venturing too far. When some townsfolk go missing on a trip to fetch supplies, a heavy unease settles over the falls. Strange activities begin to plague the town, and as the seasons change, it's clear that something is terribly wrong. The creatures are real, and they're offering to fulfill the residents' deepest desires, however grand, for just a small favor. These seeming trifling demands, however, hide sinister intentions. 
Soon, Illyri finds herself in a race against time to stop Amity Falls, her family, and the boy she loves from going up in flames. It's a mesmerizing and chilling novel about dark wishes and dreams and what lurks in the shadows of the people you think you know. So, yeah, we have Illyri, who's just, you know, trying to live her life in this little town, and there's nothing going on. Everyone's just very neighborly and helpful, but then, uh-oh, something happens, and the townspeople start pointing fingers at each other, and then chaos ensues, and this book is a good Halloween, like, October read because of the slightly disturbing, thrillery concepts of what's going on in Amity Falls. Um, it's really good. It's YA, so it's not super scary. It was, like, just the right level for me personally. Um, if it was any more scary than I don't think I would have read it and this book is literally like beautiful is this the exclusive edition I don't know but it's but this book really pulled me in and stayed with me while a long while after I finished it and I finished this book I think I read this in 2021 and I'm still talking about it I'm sorry if you heard that this next one, if you can hear me wrestling with these books, just, wow, what great ASMR, Brittany. You're bringing us right into your little room with you. This book is my favorite book ever, and I know I've been talking for a while, but, you know, good episodes take time. So, this is my favorite book ever. Can you guess what it is? It's Alone With You in the Ether by Olivia Blake. And I will recommend this book until the day I die. And this book, read read this book will be written on my tombstone after I'm I'm gone. Um, yeah, talk about books who brought you into that world and you still stayed there. That you read it three times in a row and you cry every time you think about it too much. This book is amazing, and I'm going to read the inside cover for you. Chicago sometime, two people meet in the Art Institute by chance. Prior to their encounter, he is a doctoral student who manages his destructive thoughts with compulsive calculations about time travel. She is a bipolar counterfeit artist undergoing court-ordered psychotherapy. By the end of their story, these things will still be true, but this is not a story about endings. For Reagan, people are predictable and tedious, including and perhaps especially herself. She copes with the dreariness of existence by living impulsively, imagining a new alternate timeline being created in the wake of every rash decision. To Aldo, the world feels disturbingly chaotic. He gets through his days by erecting a wall of routine a backbeat of rules and formulas that keep him going. Without them, the entire framework of his existence would collapse. For Reagan and Aldo, life has been a matter of resigning themselves to the blueprints of inevitability until the two meet. Could six conversations with a stranger be the variable that shakes up the entire simulation? Yeah, so brain power, a little bit of brain power is definitely needed in this book. And it's not just one of those bubbly, sunshiny books that I was talking about before. This book has meaning and depth and character development and relationships and just things that are never really written about. Like, Olivia Blake is able to write about things that are so hard to put into words, feelings, and conversations, and the way that people see the world and think about the world, and 
how they come up with the their thoughts and their ideas and it's just amazing and the way that like Reagan is written with her bipolar um, personality and just the way she kind of combats life just kind of willy-nilly just kind of you know these big rash decisions that she'll deal with the consequences later it's not a big deal and then you have Aldo who's very very formulatic and he like this is what I eat for dinner every day I do this then I do this every day I teach this class I teach it the same way if you don't like how I teach it that's too bad for you if it's too hard that's too bad for you like he's very that what kind of way and then Reagan they meet and they pull into each other's lives and they kind of balance each other out in that way and just the quotes in this book the passages of some of the things that are described are just so so meaningful and deep and just like make you stare at the wall and kind of think in like an existential way like wow like it's amazing how a person can write something like this and just I don't know like it's just amazing Olivia Blake is such a genius and the way that her brain works and the way that she writes stories is just something that I've never seen before and every single book that I've read by her is just makes me think like wow like people like human beings are so amazing to be able to create these types of worlds and characters and put these feelings that I've never really learned how to describe into words and make me feel seen even though we've never met um so yeah that is alone with you in the ether it is so good I definitely think everyone should read it and the last book that I want to talk about is Fourth Ring by Rebecca Yaros. This book has really taken over the book community online, and there's a reason for that. I definitely want to reread it before the second book comes out in November. Um, it's just, wow. Like, I was astonished with the way I felt after this book. Just, it's so good. How's the recipe in it just the right recipe to make it a great book um and definitely it's one of those fantasy books that has dragons in it that has these magical like powers and stuff and makes you just want to be in that world so bad you just want to want to join them so bad and get to know these characters like on a personal level and just ask them questions and maybe just I don't know yeah um but yeah you have Violet who's being forced into this writer's quadrant when she doesn't want to she wants to be a scribe um she wants to study books and write history and stuff like that and her mother's forcing her into the most dangerous quadrant that you could enter at this dragon school and um if it's basically like you got to prove yourself if you die you die like you then you weren't worthy enough and so she has to go through all these trials and um train so hard and do all these things that she can't not that she can't do it but that's very hard for her to do but she tries her best and despite all odds stacked against her she does it and she gets what she wants and the last page of this book is so good and I can't believe like I have to wait like three months before I read the second one but I definitely recommend fourth wing and to join the little fourth wing community online because we are a great bunch and we can't wait for the second book and you can be waiting in anticipation with us but yeah those are the books that I think you should read and I def 
definitely talked for way too long. Um, yeah, about an hour. That's great. That's lovely. We love that. Thank you all for listening. If you made it this far, good for you. I appreciate you. Um, I am definitely very grateful for this podcast and I really appreciate everyone who listens and especially listens to the whole episode because it just makes my heart warm and you know these are things that I just can't talk about with other people because they don't relate and so being able to get it off my chest is amazing. so yeah thank you all for listening thank you for coming to my library and I will talk to you guys next week bye